back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike, and I got my linemate Matt with me. And today, we're going to go over some Blackhawks news. The Stanley Cup finals are over. Congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights and some some NHL news. So, Matt, some really surprising news uh, that we got this week for the Blackhawks was Darren Pang is going to be the new TV analyst. I was not... Uh, I, I didn't think that there was going to be any changes to the booth. Did you... Did, did, were you expecting any changes there? No, no, but we haven't really, you know, heard too many things about Sharpie. Yeah. And, uh, I did, at first I was like, oh, I guess they don't want Sharpie, but apparently Sharpie was given this opportunity by Philly and he didn't want to turn it down. So right. it's not like they, they kicked him off to the curb. Right. And uh, yeah, man, I'm very glad that they brought the Panger in because I'm a fan. Big fan. Yeah, I am too. And, you know, it's being an analyst in the NHL is is incredibly difficult. You know, there's a lot of experience that you need to be able to do it successfully. And Panger's been doing it for a very long time. Um, I think that he's much better than Patrick Sharp. And that's, you know, no shade to Patrick Sharp because as the year went on, I think that he got better and better at it. And I think if he were to stick with it, that he would continue to to get better at it. But he got this new hockey advisor role for for the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't think that there's really any room right now in the front office for the Chicago Blackhawks. But, uh, you know, maybe later on down the road. You know, it's really funny, man. A lot of the fandom gets really upset when ex-players go off somewhere else, you know, to do something, you know, you know, he got this opportunity with Philadelphia. People are upset. They're blaming the Blackhawks that he's with Philadelphia. You know, what I have to say about that is that, you know, a lot of these guys, they are looking for a career after the, you know, after their playing career ends and, you know, being in the booth, you know, you're, you're, you're driving around, you're, you know, you're flying around everywhere, you know, you're still traveling you know, with the team and, you know, maybe he's sick of traveling, you know, after doing it for a career, wants to spend more time with this family at home. I think what that advisor job does, it allows him to do that so that um, he's still in the game. He's still got skin in the game in, in the, in the NHL, but he's also uh, gets to have his, his home life as well, because I think he maintains a home in Connecticut with his wife and that's much closer than it is in Chicago. Yeah, man, he's got bills to pay too. And yeah. it's probably a better paying job and uh, a new challenge for him. A lot of guys like the challenge of, uh, I'm not sure what he's going to do. It's probably like a player development type of thing or, you know, like a kind of just analyzing talent, whatever. They just fill positions and stuff, but I'm sure he's going to like it. And like you said, he can get to the, get to the rink at a certain time and then, you know, go home. Go home to the kids. He doesn't have to jump on a plane, and I'm, you know, occasionally I'm sure he will probably have to, but you know, it's not every 41, you know, away games are gonna have. So he's got he's got two little girls, so it'll probably it's probably better for him. And I mean, I I'm not mad that the guy left. I mean, we we traded for him for a what was it, Matt Ellison, the guy who hasn't done anything. We got the better end of it, you know. <laughs> we got three cups out of that that trade. So if he wants to go back and make a name for himself in the front office. Good for him. I know Philly's done a lot of that. They, I think they brought Danny Briere in. He's a GM he's, now. He's the GM. They, they had, uh, you know, they brought in Torts, who's a winner. Right. You know, uh, I think Philly's doing the right stuff. They got John LeClaire. They also brought him in as a, as a same, same role, same role as, uh, as Sharpie. 
the nineties rock star. Yeah. The Legion of Doom. Yeah. Right? He Lindros. was uh, I'll yeah. be honest with you, dude. He was a better scorer than Lindros was, and that's saying something. Oh, uh, John Johnny LeClaire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good line. I think it was LeClaire, Lindros, and uh was that Renberg? There was there was two versions of it. There was one with Le- LeClaire, Lindros, and Mikhail Renberg, and Renberg. another one with uh with Brindamore. Yeah, man, those were the days. Philly was a force in the mid '90s, man. They I were. can't believe they didn't win a cup. I can't believe it. Yeah, you know, they always uh, they they had problems with uh, Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh yeah, and Mario, the, yeah, and, and the Devils. Yeah, man, those were some great times. Johnny Leclerc was good on Team USA too. Him he and Tony Amani. Amani deserved he, number ten, man. I was yeah, about he that. was, <laughs> he was. Uh, John Leclerc only had four hundred and six goals, so I'm really surprised because he had multiple fifty goal seasons. Yeah, a lot of those good number years. I'm sure Eric Lindros had something to do with it. Yeah, but uh, man, I yeah, he was a very good American born player. It's good to see them. You know, these guys are still around the game. I know Tony Amani is a um, he's got the same role with uh, the Panthers. He okay. took it, you know, mid-season, and I would he have was loved coaching to see that him. high school. Oh God, I would love to see Tony come back, even as an ambassador. God, it would oh, be so my awesome to see him at these games. He's, dude, he's so beloved by fans that I'm surprised. I still, that the... I talk about him too much, but yeah, he's <laughs> he was my guy, man. Dude, everybody this... loves Amani, dude. Yeah, it's even like guys it's like Calgary. You know, like like even today, like if you were, you can even though they're not here anymore, you can wear a Keith jersey, you can wear a Siebes jersey, you can wear a Taves a Taves jersey, you can wear a Ronick jersey, a Belfort jersey, an Amani jersey. You know, like these are like timeless jerseys that you know that yep. you can continue wearing. You know, until until the end of time. I got my black one, the black, the third when it just came out. My yeah. Amani number ten. Oh man, I love it. I can't fit in it anymore, but yeah, still love it. I got a Ronick one. I can't fit in. Yeah, I'm too fat now. <laughs> <laughs> so with Panger coming to the uh, coming to the booth, do you think that the Blackhawks were looking for someone who had, you know, so much experience that could maybe help Chris Foster's along in a way? I'm sure, dude. This guy, he's got a lot of experience with so many different kinds of these play by play guys. Like right. he's been with. I think he's been with Doc Emmerich a couple times. I mean, occasionally he'll he'll fill in. I see him in, in between the boards a lot. You know, he's yeah. in between the benches. Yeah. And he's awesome at that, too. And he, he's the guy, like, during real time, he's like an old check. Like, he can call something out, like, as it's happening, and he can really, you know, Expound make a on good it. story out of it. Yeah. yeah, he's, like, narrating a story, and he's just so good at it. And my favorite clip of him, actually, was when... Belfour made that unbelievable diving save against uh, Sergei Fedorov in the playoffs that one year against Detroit. He was holy jumping. I told you that guy's glove was working. Man, the Eagle, he's on tonight. Like he's just he's just a very likable guy. I don't think he's got too many enemies. I don't think and, he does. I don't think he's got one. <laughs> no, and, and even St. Louis, I mean, he's been there. He was their their guy for man, maybe a decade, maybe longer. And wow. They had nothing but great things to say about him, even going to like the rival, you know. But yeah, let's not forget he was a Blackhawk first. Oh, yeah. As a player. He was a goaltender here first. And, you know, like like you said, that when he retired, he was finding a new chapter in his life. He ended up kind of bouncing all over. He and I'm glad he's back home because he's a very good analyst. He's done a lot of um, you know, kind of alumni stuff with the Blackhawks over the years, though, as well. 
Yeah. So he's he's, he's been I recognized by the team. I cannot believe like he made that size. Like what is yeah. he like five six five yeah, eight? Yeah, he's a little it's, guy, man. Yeah, he was. I think Belfour is the goalie that kind of said like, "Hey, <laughs> you're done, dude. This guy's a stud." Yeah. And he, I you didn't really see him that much anymore, but yeah. I know. I think he was. Was it the late '80s, early mid '80s? I think he was the guy, and just uh, man, good for him though. I mean, five eight, five nine, making it to the NHL—that's awesome. But for me, he's he's going to be known as that good um, color guy. So Patrick Kane, we mentioned it last week, had a hip resurfacing resurfacing surgery. Kaner, yeah, yeah, Kaner did. Now, what we didn't talk about was is the history of players having a hard time coming back from the surgery. Not saying that he can't do it, but Ryan Kessler had the surgery. He had uh, Ryan Kessler had multiple hip surgeries, and after this one, he never came back. And Nick Backstrom has had the surgery, and he hasn't been the same. I wonder what is Kaner going to have left after you know he fully rehabs and has the surgery. Yeah, man, it's just tough because those are t- two players around his age, you know, and they're right. Kessler's completely done. He's been and done for years. Yeah, it's a shame. He was such a good player. You love to hate him, you know. Yeah, he's just unless you're on Team USA, uh, I love them. Uh, oh God, he was he was a stud. I, him and Kane were good together. Uh, they were just, great together. A lot of rumors of him coming over here to play with Kane too. Can yeah. you imagine that? Taves at center, number one. Kessler with Kaner and line two. God, I'd add on another three cups probably. Yeah. Just uh, great wars with, you know, we have the Canucks and the Ducks that one year. And yeah, man, it's a shame. He was a good, good American born Selkie like center and just couldn't recover from that hip. And Nick Backstrom's another one, dude. This guy was an assist machine. Ovi's best, probably Ovi's favorite teammate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's. I think Kaner is going to try. You know, he's going to try to come back. I'm sure he's going to lose a step, and he's out for, what, four to six months? Could yeah. be longer. I, I'm I'm going to be really surprised a team signing him July 1st. Yeah. You know, I, I think they're going to be, if anything, I think teams are going to be very, very cautious with it. Like, let's see how he's skating, and maybe we'll sign him midseason or something. But, hey, somebody might go for it just because of the Kane name and I still, I still think Buffalo. Man, yeah, I, I think that it actually works out for Buffalo because, con- considering you know he's you know hometown kid, they sign him. They're like, all right, just come back, you know, whenever you can, and we'll fit you in, you know. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, just he'll he'll definitely bring a lot of fans just to see this guy, one of the best American guys ever, and you can put him on long term IR. And it's not going to count until, you know, he comes back. So they can spend a little bit more. Internet rumor Taves is possibly interested in signing with the Oilers. I've been hearing this multiple times, and I don't think that it happens, man. I think that he's going to announce his retirement probably within the next month or so. You know, man, I'm kind of surprised he didn't do it, you know, after that last game. If he truly knew in his heart, you know. I mean, I would love to see him jump right to the front office, get get even like an assistant coach type of thing, just because he can't probably can't get away from being with the boys, you know. Yeah. But uh, I I know Connor McDavid would be really happy having a guy next to him in the locker room speaking up. 
Yeah. Hey, Taves has been there. You know, he's won everywhere. Team Canada, obviously with the Hawks, three Can Cubs. you mention that shadow he casts walking into that dressing room, though? Oh, like oh, a man, guy man. who's just done it, you know, and, and these guys just can't get over the hump. I think Connor would be so happy, dude, to have that guy, you know, as a voice in there. Because I think Taves has gotten gotten more vocal. Yeah. You know, as he's get, Got gotten older. older. Yeah. yeah. He, you, he used to, the, the veterans when he was younger would kind of, you know, like Sopel, the Sopels, all the points. Guys like that would be speaking up and they'd call him Captain Serious. He's too serious and blah, blah, blah. But I think he's matured more and I think he would definitely help McDavid out. I, I to, If it were me, though, I don't think I'd want to play in Edmonton. It's too damn far. The airport situation I heard. Every time you fly in Edmonton, it's an hour drive to the rink. It's like, really, oh, yeah, it's that little stuff when you're older, man. It, it's like, I'm sick of this shit, you know. When you're younger, I want to go somewhere else, but <laughs> I mean, like if, I'm, if, if Taves is interested and he still wants to play and they throw money at him, it, maybe he'll take it. And he's yeah. a Canadian boy, I'm sure it wouldn't bother him, but I know I'd be, I'd, it would bug the shit out of me. It would, yeah, me too. I want him to retire a Blackhawk, man. Yeah, I, I kind of hope it happens, man, but I think these guys got so much pride and they want to prove people wrong and kind of give them like, hey, that's that's what you get when you let me go. Like he has like a rebound season. Oh, you know? right. So I, I don't know, dude. I don't know how I feel about he it. He might be having too much fun on the lake, man. Like, you know what? I've yeah, done, Winnipeg. I, I've done yeah. everything. I've done everything that I can. I've done everything that there is in this league, you know? Yeah, he has. Sulky, Stanley Cup. Conn Smite, <laughs> you know, he's, not, he's never going to win like a high a scoring title. So, right. I mean, he, Messier Award, I think he won too, yep. a leadership award, something like that. But he yeah, did. top 100 player in the NHL gold, history. Two gold medals, two or three gold at, medals, actually. <laughs> at, at tournament MVP, stuff like that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He got the forward of the tournament award. Yep. That's the season where uh, even, even though that Sidney Crosby won that game winner, Taves got the forward of the... Yeah, got the, the, forward. the Olympics. That yeah. was a great game, man. Great oh, my game. gosh. Ryan Incredible. Miller was a stud, too, dude. Can you believe what he went up against? <laughs> yeah, the poor guy. Of course, it's Sid. Right. Sid is the clutch kid. The golden goal. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. So the Blackhawks have struck an agreement with Rush University Medical Center to buy near West Side property that will allow it to start a 65135000 square foot expansion of its practice facilities. Uh, Crane reported the new building will stand on a seven acre site at 303 South Damon Avenue next to the Blackhawks fifth third arena, which is, I think this is interesting because they are expanding their facilities. They are looking to um, make their facilities better, obviously with, you know, Connor Bedard coming in, you know, you, when you have people coming in and you're going to be, obviously they're looking to, you know, rebuild this team into something you want the facilities, you want it to be a destination. You want to come in and be like, yeah, we have we have good locker rooms. You know, we've got a good medical facilities. Yeah. We've got a, um, a state of the art training room. Have you seen like Have you seen the Bears? You know, workout facilities. No. Oh, no. dude, it's it's absolutely incredible. You know. Yeah, you definitely want a one stop shop. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to be driving around all over the damn city to right. to a certain facility. You want everything close, and right. I think that's what they're they're going for. Right. So um, I think that this is a great idea. It was really smart of them to stop, you know, build their own, their first facility, the Fifth Third uh, Ice Arena, uh, moving away from Johnny's Ice House. I'm sure, you know, it was a tradition, but, you know, having your own facility with 
guys can just go to one place I think is huge. And um, and it's right across the street from the United Center too, so it's not too not too far from where you play. Dude, do you think the United Center is outdated? So, <laughs> you know what? Before we get into that, I, I, I want to let everybody know that you can light the lamp this year for the hockey playoffs at DraftKings Sportsbook. The playoffs are over, but the bets still keep on rolling with football and baseball. I personally, I throw down some bets on baseball, win a little bit of money, but $5 bet, you score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, 21 plus in most eligible eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. Now, back to your question. Is the United Center outdated? Um, I don't know what more they can do to this place, man. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> you know they've yeah. they've they've rehabbed the inside. They they've done a lot other than building a brand new facility. Um, do I think that it's outdated? I'm going to say no because of all of the uh, upgrades that they've made on the inside. They've made a few additions to it as well. Uh, brought the statues inside. And um, they even have a, a, a brand new shopping center in there now as well and some dining and, and restaurants. So um, I think that they've done a great job of expanding the facility and making it more than what it was originally intended to do. I don't think that they could do any more unless they want to add some more additions to it. But if it's coming to that point, maybe you know they could talk to Jerry, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf, a guy who's um, yeah, notoriously me. notoriously a penny pincher and build an, a new facility for the Blackhawks and and the Bulls. And if they did something like that, man, ironically, I think they would have to do it across the street from where, where the, the United Center is. Yeah, where the yeah. old building is. Yeah. And, uh, and, and build a, 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 a big new state-of-the-art uh, facility. I just say this because, like, I see when, like, say the Red Wings are playing that Little Caesars Palace, whatever they call it. Right. Dude, it looks awesome. Yeah. Like, they have rinks in there. They have not, they have the rink where the gameplay is, but there's more rinks in there. And there's like, you you feel like you're walking into like a mall. You know what I mean? There's shops. I mean, yeah, the, the Hawks got shops and stuff, but I feel like it's got that old school. You know, there's food stands like they, they go straight up and you're you're here like you got your the Madhouse bar they added and stuff. And right. The Bud Light Lounge, the sweets. But I feel like the the seats are a little outdated. You know what I mean? I, sure. I guess it's minor. And the, the 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 press box is kind of always been the same. And I've heard guys saying it's OK. 
to watch a game up there, but there's better places with better, you know, stuff. But I mean, they're just journalists. Who cares? Sure. But that I know they've upgraded the locker rooms and stuff. I've actually got to, I've got to see it. That it is sweet what they've done. But uh, yeah, just these these new rinks. Like obviously, Detroit's got a nice one. Pittsburgh has a real nice one. I think Pittsburgh's is actually voted the best by players and stuff. Mm. They just got like better, like you know, they got their saunas, they got all like the, the rehab stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like it's a little outdated, but it's still an awesome place to go. It's loud, you know, and I'm sure all the guys that are older than us. Oh no, the Chicago Stadium was way better. Oh, that yeah. place sucks, you know. And you know, we're, we're probably in the future when the the Hawks do get a new building, we're gonna be like, no, oh, bring the United Center back, and we're gonna be yeah. whining about that. But yeah, I don't know. There's just I think there's some good stuff that they've done, but. Just feel like it's it's just kind of old and just plain, you know, from the outside. It's just like boring looking. Have you looked at uh, some newer NFL stadiums? I've seen the amazing Cowboys one. It's yeah, okay. insane. That guy spends money, though. So there's yeah. so in other words, I'm just using that as an example because so before, you know, say maybe 30 years ago, uh, a stadium was essentially somewhere that you went to just watch the game. That's it, you know. And nowadays, it has turned into when you go to a game, it's an experience. And oh yeah, you eat. Like, yeah, like, you know the Bears. They're looking to. They're they bought this property in Arlington, in Arlington Heights, and they're looking to build. You know, some hotels and a mall and and uh, and that kind of stuff at at. At um, in St. Louis, where the at Bush Stadium, where the where the Cardinals play, man, this beautiful. They they have this beautiful building that they play in, dude, with red brick, and right across the street is a hotel, and there's um you know there's restaurants all around and bars, you know it's it's all right there. It's it's like this little mini city of like Cardinals, yeah. and you know it's like the Blackhawks need to. And, and the the Bulls too, and and I think that maybe because you know the West Side has slowly becoming yeah. a better place, uh, uh, thanks to the you know the Bulls and and the the Blackhawks, that they need to build some kind of an experience there when like like a little red and black town there. I mean, like the you know the the Cubs have done exactly the same thing that the Cardinals did. They've built an experience around the you know with hotels around the around the building. And I think that the Blackhawks win and the Bulls win eventually they do get a new building. Let's call it dude, 10 years, 12 years. Do you think that they'll get a new building? I think it's going to be longer. That Just be- because all the money they spent into this now. I mean, they got yeah. their practice facility. Like like you said though, I think it would be cool to have like a hotel like that overlooks the game. You know, like you're you're in your room, you open up your window. There's like a balcony, and you can watch the game. Would it be dude, cool? Hold on, hold on. That I would mean, be awesome. I mean, that would be like the Tigers have that too. In really? Detroit. I think so. I think they have, and I know the Blue Jays have that. I'm not sure it's a couple of years, but there you could like you are up against. You could see the game. I think that would be an awesome idea. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. But uh, that's gonna be big bucks. But you know, someone's gonna big pay. bucks. But they would you have fill to fill it up. They would have to build up a little bit around that area as well, getting some restaurants. Well, in yeah. There. There's just nothing there. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing over there. It's not like Wrigleyville. There's bars. I mean, I, I personally, I like the rooftop atmosphere. I thought that was yeah, awesome. It is fun. And I know that they don't. 
have as many now because there's that scoreboard. And quite honestly, they weren't paying the Cubs, were they? No, they weren't. Yeah, I mean, and Ricketts is like, hey, man, this isn't, you're, yeah. you're going to have to pay to play here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't blame him for that, but yeah. I mean, I know he pissed off a lot of people, but it kind of ruined the whole rooftop vibe. And I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. It was like vintage, you know, like old, sure. old times. It's like, hey, let's go watch a Cubs game on the roof, you know? Yeah. But I, I think there's cool ideas that they should do, but they're, like you said, they're very limited. Like, what can they do? They're, they're going to just keep adding, building onto a parking lot, you yeah. know, like on the, the front and across the street. I, I guess you can figure something out. I, I think it would be cool to have like, somewhat of an amusement type of park like you got hockey like you got like a little three-on-three game you can get in on you could do like the hardest shot competition like accuracy i think that'd be cool and then you know you can have more shops or people are going to spend more money right i mean i went to a tampa bay lightning game when i was a kid and they used i think they're actually playing at tropicana field believe it or not and they had a rink in there. They had rollerblades. Kids were playing five on five, three on three. They're having shootouts. And I'm sure they didn't make a lot of money, but it was fun, dude. And the team was terrible at the time. Yeah. Like they had nobody. They had Darren Poopa, the goalie in net. <laughs> so they weren't really that good, but it was it was a fun experience. I, I, I still remember it. When you leave a Blackhawks game, the first thing you do is head east, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, you head east and like that's it. Or you book it to 55 and you try yeah. to get home before the traffic's bad. Right. So there's there's like nothing to do around there. They they need to build up that area so that there's more to do, you know, after a game. You go too far west, you're going to run into problems. You're going to go I mean, a lot it, of problems. A lot of problems. <laughs> like you got to go south or you got to go east. And right. you got to go south fast. And it's not that bad going <laughs> straight south on Damon, but, yeah, you know, you I've I've parked on Adams. And I, I remember this guy, man. I, I wish I, I gave him a, a cone. And I'm like, hey, dude, I want you to put this cone here. I'm parking. I'm, I'm going to be parking my car here. I'm going to pay you five bucks every game. And this dude comes out, hell yeah, man. I got you. And he did. The whole 2010 season, this guy had a, his cone there. And we never talked. Like, we never talked on the phone or anything. We didn't have each other's <laughs> numbers. I don't even remember his name. I think it was Gary. But anyway. <laughs> He uh he used to save me spots and he's like, Hey man, after the game, I saw you going that way. You don't want to go that way. And that's what he said to me. Oh, and really? I'm like, All right, I'm just going around the block. He goes, No, dude, you do not want to go around that block. <laughs> All right, dude. I'll I'll make sure I turn around then. He's like, Yeah, I'll stop traffic for you. You go the other way. <laughs> oh told my god. Yeah, it, it's it was pretty rough in there, dude. Oh man. So the uh, Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup final. Aiden Hill was a freaking animal for the Golden Knights, man. Yeah, out um, of nowhere. All, all four series, yeah. dude. He just was was a complete freaking animal. Honorable mention, I'd like to mention Jonathan Quick is a three-time Stanley Cup champion now. Uh, remember when we were talking about him getting um, you know, getting traded from the Kings? The last dance. Can you yeah. believe that, man? Yeah. Getting tra- uh, Actually, you know what? His team, his teammate from the Kings is also a three-time cup, Alex Martinez. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good for him. He he said uh, he passed the cup to Quick, and he's like, I never thought if I won another Stanley Cup, I'd be handing it off to Quickie. And that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, Jonathan Marshall was named the Conn Smythe Trophy winner and uh, Stanley Cup MVP. X Florida Panthers scored 13 goals and finished with 25 points in 22 games. I'll tell you what, man. Um, 
I think the uh, I think Kachuk still should have gotten it. Uh yeah. They you know, would it's... not be there without him. True, true, and he was very good in the playoffs. Very good. Uh, but you know what? He, the last time I think a losing player won was, uh, I believe it was J.S. Jaguar with the with the Mighty Ducks. Wow! Against um, Marty Brodeur and the Devils, and I think he was the last guy to get it. And that dude, that was a long time ago. Yeah. So I think that they're kind of maybe it's an unofficial rule now. Like, hey, the the winning team gets the MVP. But yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, Kachuk was a force. He was the story of the whole playoffs, man, for sure. Mark Stone is said to have had multiple injuries. I'm not surprised because the guy's always injured. Uh, but they're saying that some of them could be somewhat serious, and that he's going to need some, um, might need some some attention over the off season. It might not play every game next season. Man, yeah, I'm, at least he won. You know, yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty much saying that he pretty much left it all out there this season to win this cup. He played very well that clinching game. He, he, he was shooting everything and it, it was going in. Yeah. And he looked good, man. He was making some good defensive plays too. Uh, yeah. Just, I think he's got a bad back and that's, that's not good when you're a hockey player. Yeah. You can't <laughs> a bad get away back from is that. Always bad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Kachuk is recovering, recovering from a broken sternum, believe it or not. So, Matt, and this is something I want to talk about, man. It's it's how much is enough? You know, where is the line drawn? Because they said that his brother had to help him get out of bed. You know, he couldn't put his own clothes on. He couldn't tie his own skates. And yet he's out there playing playing hockey. And, yeah, sure, I get it. He's tough. I, I, I know that he's tough. But at where do we draw the line for professional athletes where it's like, hey, man, you're not playing? You know what? I I'm sure the doctors said, "Hey, kid, we don't want you going out there. We don't want you going out there." And he's like, "There's no way you're keeping me off." You know, and yeah. I'm sure you know, like he's a kachuk. His dad's very tough. Brady's obviously tough, and his dad's probably, like, "Hey, you're not going to be in the Stanley Cup final every year. You know, it, it might. This might be your last shot." Yeah. And maybe they're they're kind of pushing him. I don't know. He's probably pushing himself. Like, hey, I gotta be, I gotta be out there for my team. And I think yeah, obviously his dad was probably like, I never made it to the Stanley Cup final. Exactly. Obviously, game six. I I believe it was I, the clinching game was game six, right? Or was yeah. it five? I thought it was five. It's five. I'm sorry. So five was enough. You know, they said, hey, you're you're not going. You're not playing. Maybe. Um, Paul Maurice, he had a good interview after the game. He said, "Yeah, this guy, he was super emotional. He 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 just he couldn't do it. You know, when we need him, we need him next year, and who knows how long he'll be out for. That, you know, that's he probably yeah, he pushed too much, he pushed too hard, and it's gonna take a long time to recover. But don't forget, this guy just signed a what an eight year deal. Yeah, and he this is his first year." I mean, you need this guy still. This guy is the right. bread and butter of this this team. Clearly. You so, know. I mean, the, I think they made the right choice. If he, you know, he couldn't play game five, which was a, a very important game for Florida. They was do or die. And they they still didn't, he, he couldn't play. It, it, it was it's pretty serious because he's a Kachuk and he's very, he's tough. It must, have, it must be really bad. 
So I think that his health comes first, and I think they made the right decision. I don't know how he felt in Game 4, but if it was the same as you know if, as his situation now, it probably wasn't smart to play him. But it's, you know, it's up to the player, too. And he's probably like, no, nah, there's no way you're keeping me off the ice. So, yeah. It's hard. We're never going to know because we're not talking to the doctors and we're not, you know, and we're not with the Kachuk family. But, I, yeah, you, your health comes first, especially when you're that young and you're, you just signed a massive deal where this, this club is depending on you. Right. Well... Um, you know, I I have to tip my hat to him, man. Really, I don't oh, want I, I don't want to. I, I want the guy to be around because he's he's entertaining, you know. And I'd hate to story see of him. the playoffs, man. Story of the playoffs, best player, to, best stories. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd hate to see him just throw it all away just because this, you know, this one, you know, this well, one series. Look at Mark Stone. I mean, yeah. same thing with him. This guy signed a massive deal. He might not even play next year. It's right. like shit. He went I, for it. <laughs> Yeah, he did, and he won. He got it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and ironically, uh, Kachuk and Mark Stone are both groomsmen in Brady Kachuk's wedding this summer. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> the senator's connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you believe that? Pretty cool. So Ryan O'Reilly could possibly be looking to stay in Toronto. Matt, do you think that this is like a good place for him? He's usually typically, you know, one of those guys who's always, you know sitting out because, you know, some kind of contract dispute or something. Do you think Toronto, obviously Toronto needs him. He is, I think, a, a missing link, similar to Matthew Kachuk in Florida. I think Ryan O'Reilly is a missing link in Toronto. Do you think that they need to do whatever it, it takes to get this job done? Get this yes, contract for sure, done? but how? I mean, is he going to take a pay cut? Or are you going to move a top core guy making a lot of money? I don't, I don't know how they're going to be able to do it. Humor me. Let's say a top core guy. Which one? If you can move him, I mean, I'd move Tavares. If really? I could, yeah. I, I'd rather have the youngster, Nylander. He shows yeah. up in the playoffs. And Mitch Marner's, I think, is better than Matthews. Yeah. And Matthews are going to keep him because he could, he could score on command if he wanted to. If he really wanted to score 60 again, I think he could. But if, if you can move Tavares, yeah. Send him back to the island if you can, because do you think it's really necessary to have two top centers making over thirteen, twelve thousand, or twelve million dollars a year? And I just don't see. I don't see the point of it. Do you think it's just the contract that's the problem? Yes, absolutely. He's a great player. I, I, I'm a fan of him. But it's, it's like a Brian Campbell type of thing. I don't need Brian Campbell. I have Duncan Keith. Right. Why am I paying this guy $7 million when I'm paying Keith five to do the same damn thing? Yeah. I, that, that's the thing. And good for Bowman. I, I can't believe he was able to move him. You know, he, he locked out. Yeah. And I, I just don't think they're going to do Toronto any favors by moving that unless they take, you know, eat some of the contract. But that's the guy I would move, quite honestly. And that, that's the mistake I think Toronto made. And that's a mistake I hope the Hawks don't make either when, when, they, when it comes to all these youngsters coming up. Because eventually they're going to have to pay him too. I just don't want them to be desperate and sign the best available free agent just because, just because to make a move. And I think that's what Toronto did that year. Hmm. 
But that's the guy I would move. And I have a feeling it's he's they're not gonna be able to move him, and it's gonna probably be Nylander on the move. And whoever gets him, they're gonna be very lucky because he's a freaking hell of a player. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he really is. I would I would keep Nylander because he scores. He scores in the playoffs. He scores in the season and in the playoffs, and he's yeah. he's a very skilled player. There's times where he'll look lazy and stuff, but I mean, okay, it's going to happen. You're going to have off nights and stuff, but I mean, he's younger, I, and I and his cap hit's decent. He's not making over $10 million like the other three, but not saying they don't deserve it, but it's just poorly managed, I think. I don't, I don't think it was necessary to do that. You know, there's rumors that Dubis didn't have, you know, free reign to make his to to make his roster and that Shanahan would stop, you know, some trades or or moves that Dubis was making. Um I'm not sure how true this is, but this is all kind of coming out now. Yeah. We'll, maybe, we're real yeah. we're really gonna see if Dubis, you know, completely retools you know the uh that's a tough job dude that's it tough, is that's tough i mean you you move those you move those you know older guys you're gonna get hated by the fan base because that's sid and malkin and Latang. yeah they, they can still play but you know they're not going to be putting up the numbers they were in the 2010s and early 2000s but right you know it, it's that's a tough job because i don't think they've they've really done well with you know getting the next wave coming in I think they're going to hit like a rock bottom, somewhat of a hawk. Um, yeah, like a hawk rebuild type of thing. Once these guys start going, that's and, you know it, that's kind of how it has to end for some of these teams, though, man. Because yeah. you can't. Well, I mean, in a way, you know, like say with Detroit, once Datsuk and Zetterberg were, you know were hurt and and you know Datsuk retired and or he you know didn't resign and then Zetterberg you know retired like that was it man it was yeah. the end of a of a huge era and there wasn't a way to kind of retool that you know and i think that the penguins are are going to hit the same thing where you know what it's the end and that that's all that it is you know it's the end it's going to be a long rebuild and but this is you know this is how it goes yeah, it's it's gonna happen, man. Melkin is not—he's hurt a lot. I don't know what he did this year. He's been hurt a lot. Uh, obviously, Sid's a legend. He'll he'll his number will be retired the following year. But when Sid's gone, I mean, uh, that's it. You're gonna have to hit the reset button. And the problem with the Hawks is we we held on too long to to our older guys. Out of probably they deserved it, you know, out of respect for the the cup runs they had, and Pittsburgh deserves it too. Those guys those top guys in, on the Penguins. But in order to start over, you need to end the era properly and hit the reset button. And I think Dubas might be the guy to be able to do that. Right, right. Really interesting, man. You know, it's really interesting stuff. want to see how that works out. The Breadman shaved his head, dude. Have you seen him? Yeah, oh my <sighs> gosh. He looks like a, a full-on KGB agent now. He does, dude. Yeah. He looks like he's going to be uh, uh, starting a life of crime in, uh, <laughs> in Mo- Moscow in the Russian mob or something. Maybe dude. Pavel Bure he, hired him. He looks like the, he looks like the bad guy in in a in a, in a Bond movie. Oh, he looks like the guy that guards the door for like guys like Sergei Fedorov and Pavel Bure. Like he's the he's the guy at the steel door with a shotgun in his or an AK forty seven with a double uh, with a double barrel underneath his yeah. uh, his little trench coat there. Yeah, 
Oh my gosh. Well, all right, everybody. That's all that we got for you tonight. Do us a favor. Uh, follow us on Twitter. If you, if you have not shoot us an email or just message us on there. And if you have any questions, we'll put it out on here on the podcast or we'll send you a message directly. We love talking hockey and we'll catch you on the next one. This is the Tomahawk and we're out of here. <laughs>